165C of No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by Courtney Nguyen. We're halfway through the U.S. Open, Courtney. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How's your first week of the U.S. Open been? It's been weirdly smooth. Right? Right. It, there just hasn't been, you know, part of it is like, hey, there's a roof, so there was play every day, even right. on the time that we've had intermittent amount of rain, although they've kind of over, they've been aggressive with the roof. There have been times where it's been closed where you're like, mm, they didn't it's not raining, yeah, yeah. but that's fine. They want to show it off. I get it. Um, but yeah, but otherwise, results-wise, match-wise, there just hasn't been too much that has like caused us all to run around in a fit of chaos. So that's been, I mean, I guess nice, but it feels really weird. It, it doesn't feel, for me particularly, it doesn't feel like a regular slam to me. I feel like the tournament's got all the way started yet, which is good and bad. I mean, yeah. because there hasn't, been, there hasn't been a major upset at this tournament to speak of. The only real high seed... Go out well. Okay, I'll rephrase. I'll I'll rethink that. The most surprising exit to me of the tournament so far was Milos Ronic, yeah, who I think was a was a you know a, a short list title contender. I mean, the list gets steeper, bigger gaps, but he was you know probably a reasonable third or fourth pick to win the tournament, yeah, and third in the race this year. And he goes out second round to Ryan Harrison, which is pretty unforeseen. I don't think many people thought Harrison had a shot in that match, but 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 Ronic got tight he said it was odd it and, was odd yeah yeah no i mean it was very weird watching it and i was quite surprised to hear afterwards him say that you know it was due to to stress cramping which i'd never i, I admit i've never heard that before as a thing um watching the match i genuinely thought he was injured i mean he was serving balls in at 70 miles an hour on first serves um, he wasn't moving. This is just not something that we're used to seeing from Milos, who, you know, has risen to where he is in terms of the stature of that next generation, not hashtag next generation, but the next generation. Yeah. Um, you know, he's there because he competes incredibly well, because he works so hard, because he's like more professional and has been more professional than, you know, you would say a Grigor Dimitrov is, for example, and more physically resilient than what you would say a Kaini Shikori has been. And that those have been his age contemporaries. So it, I just, I immediately just assumed something's wrong. His legs, maybe he's cramping. It was a warm day. You know, a few hours later, humid we saw, day. yeah, humid day. It hasn't been blistering hot here, other than the first day of the tournament. Today, in fact, it was like a San Francisco autumn day, like, yeah. or San Francisco it cool spring. Morning. It was a cool morning. So, yeah, it was just really, really surprising. And I mean, I would have, if you were to tell me before the tournament that Milos Raonic would be out of the tournament before Stan Wawrinka, I would have probably said, no, I disagree with that. And yet, here we are. And Stan's still here. Stan barely survived today. Today, the match point against Daniel Evans, who nearly advanced, and he was going to play Nick Kyrgios. Uh, Nick Kyrgios uh, goes down with injury with a recurring hip thing. He got treated during the first couple of matches. Definitely at least on-court medical came out during the second match. I didn't see much of the first, but it's been an ongoing thing for him, and it flared up, and he retired after three sets, and the third set was not even close, and he was sort of like already checked out just saying like i can't move what am i doing here and sort of just kept kept running anyway um that's unfortunate to see yeah no i was i was bummed to see it i mean you know nick is always going to engender very very well he's a polarizing figure let's just put it that way people feel about it and interpret 
what they see from him through different prisms. Like, you know, like some people feel a little bit more sympathetic to him. Some people are like, get that bum out of there, like some grow people up. Both. Some, some people are both, yeah. which I think is fair. And in this situation, for me personally, I feel really bad for the guy. I think that that was just brutal. You could see, I mean, he broke down in tears on court. Um, I don't think it's an act. I don't think no. that you go out there on Arthur Ashe Stadium and put on a show to like make people feel sorry for you. I just don't think that that, that Nick is that guy. When you're riding this wave, yeah. I think he was on the cover of the New York Times Magazine, which got which raised some eyebrows and... It's like, wow, this is sort of an arrival for him. Yeah. He was headlining this... Uh, Night was, session he, he, on I mean, Ash. He, he was, he was the, the, main, the head guy in the men's match, at least on Ash. I mean, Venus was in the night session, too, for the women. But, he, I mean, he was there, and he sort of... And it seemed it didn't seem out of place right. that he was there. Um, and so he's a... He, whatever you think of him, he's a storyline in the tournament that is now gone in a, in a whimper, which is a tough way to go out. Um, let's see. mentioned Harrison. It was a good tournament uh, up until... I mean, again, only one. Think about it. Was it a good tournament for American men? Only one is into the second week, and that's Jack Sock. But he had a ridiculously lopsided win against Chilich, which might have actually been the biggest single surprising match to me that I watched this. And I was like, I do not understand what's going on here. Um, he killed Chilich. He gets Songa next. We'll see. Again, this doesn't have a long shelf life this episode. But, uh, yeah, American men. Donaldson made third round. Harrison made third round, both qualifiers. None of the wild cards made it that far. One wild card who did make is still in the tournament is Juan Martin Del Potro, who uh, beat Jack, uh, beat Steve Johnson in just the most like the tennis gods like normally don't arrange things like quite so like conveniently or just like tightly for like a narrative. If he because obviously Johnson made the comments made made sort of a counter argument in Cincinnati um, against the case for not giving Del Potro a wild card he's a good guy but also what if he beats an american was basically his thing what if he beats me or sam or or john or something early or first round he said and so it would have been like semi-ironic if del potro had gone out and beaten query it's precisely ironic <laughs> he goes out and beats johnson himself um that's an alanis song it was ten thousand spoons all <laughs> over the place speaking of we got like three spoons tonight courtney i know you're really proud of what we just did <laughs> So it's uh, what time is it right now? It's one thirty in the morning on Sunday morning. Yeah, this will um, be a quick show. This will be a quick show, uh, but uh, we decided to record a mid-tournament show. And before coming up to uh, my room to record the episode, uh, I was like, "Oh, Ben, let's stop at the bodega. I want to get uh, a six-pack of beer." And so we did. And then Ben and I also got a six-pack. Ben also got a six-pack, and I was walking back. And I was thinking about it, and I turned to Ben. I was like, there's nothing more NCR, or even just the two of us, that after 1 a.m., I'm carrying a shopping bag that has a six-pack of Czech beer mm-hmm. and a six-pack of... Swiss Miss chocolate pudding. <laughs> Not my chosen brand, but they had it, and I, the other flavors didn't look great. And I'm really excited about it. I had it. It's great. And actually, can we put in some sound effects of what our food sounds like?
was just art. That's Ben and Courtney in a nutshell. Good Foley work, Ben. That was that was not easy. Um, uh, the other men's storyline, a couple brief things. Murray's looked pretty good. He got pushed by Lorenzi. Lorenzi played amazing in that match and pushed Murray. I mean, Murray, you know, maybe could, shouldn't have been that vulnerable to be able to like, push by Lorenzi, but Lorenzi played legitly well. Uh, Surprising too, considering that there were a lot of questions as to whether Lorenzi was even going to take the yeah, court. Yeah, I heard that. I couldn't figure out where that was coming from. I talked to some of the Italians. They were like, he was absolutely wiped after, um, yeah. you know, his his prior win, and maybe wasn't going to be able to recover well enough. I didn't think that he was not going to take the court, but I was definitely surprised by how well he played for two sets. And he then did play really well. Andy Murray kind of reeled him in, and and uh, Lorenzi barely had a hand it's, it's in a his thing, racket. It's he a had thing with, so blistered. It's a thing with these best of five matches, like. You get these like two great sets, and then like once the better guy pulls away, the last hour of the match is just underwhelming. It's been the case that was certainly the case in this not good match. Uh, let's get to Djokovic. Djokovic has barely played in this tournament. He played a really shaky first match against Yanovitz. I mean, the f- very shaky first two sets, and then Yanovitz was just so erratic. He was not the guy. Yanovitz is not right now the guy to be able to pull off a best three out of five upset. He doesn't have that kind of attention span in his tennis. Or fitness. I yeah, mean, he no. looked like a very different beard aside. He was a very different Yerzy Yanovitz than, than I think I was used to seeing. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, you're definitely carrying a few extra you know, pounds on you. And I don't how much tennis have you been playing not exactly? Protected ranking. Sure. I mean, he had, he's... Yeah. he's Coming back slowly. Anyway, Djokovic looked very shaky in that match. Um, he obviously had the wrist issues that people knew about from Rio, left wrist being the issue. And then he got a lucky break when he had uh, his second-round opponent, Yuri Vesely, who pr- could have been a tough one, uh, beat him in Monte Carlo this year. Vesely pulls out of that match, gives Djokovic a walkover. And then Djokovic gets another easy break when in the first set of his third-round match against Mikhail Yuzhny, um, usually retires down 4-2 in the first. So Djokovic has played six games in two rounds. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's well, yeah, I mean, but at it the same... It just doesn't happen much. Oh, for sure. It'd be weird to happen to anybody in the draw if anybody happened to have back-to-back, like, really short matches. But for it to happen to the number one seed who has question marks, it's just... Like Andy Murray has to be like, what? Why? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exactly what the doctor ordered for Novak Djokovic with coming in, a lot of injury concerns surrounding him, you know, uh, you know, to get the extra time. And basically now he's four matches away from the title by playing, you know, kind of minimal tennis. Now, is that a double-edged sword? You know, he, as you said, he wasn't convincing at all against Yurzianovitz. It wasn't like he played like a great first round match and then he got like effectively two kind of like walkovers no. and is into the second week. There are question marks about the way that he played there. So once he gets to the second, uh, you know, it starts the second week and the the quality of the competition steps up, that'll be an interesting test for him. But I think at the end of the day, if Novak could have traded a crap first match for two walkovers, uh, I think he'd take that. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, the other, the most impressive, or most surprisingly impressive player to me in this tournament so far on the men's side has been Nadal. Nadal has come out and been very... That surprises Ruth, ruthless. you? I I remember in the draw show I was not high on him here. I mean, he, he was, was so good in Rio. But he was he was fine in Rio. But he, he was so good in Rio. I don't know. Fine. I thought he was really good in Rio. I thought he was okay. I was better bigger, than expected. Okay, fair enough. I'm bigger. I'm, I'm bigger on Rafa than you were. Yeah, and and then his draw did good things. Ronish got out of his quarter. Chilich was a dangerous person in his half. Who's now out of there too? He's in the Djokovic quarter, and Djokovic has been shaky and untested. Rafa's, I think Rafa's stock has risen quite a lot in this first week. Um, still a long way to go. He could still 
malfeasance is likely quarter. That could be tricky, potentially. It should be great. I'm looking oh, forward to that. Please let that happen. And also, also malfeasance gets Baghdadis next, which is fun, too. That's very fun. Uh, so, yeah. So that should be good tennis, fun tennis. Yay, tennis. Um, other men's thoughts before we move to the women? Well, we talked a little bit about Juan Martin Del Potro, but his win today over David Ferrer was a little too easy. I mean, for somebody like, you know, I mean, remember that Wimbledon match that those two played maybe, what, four years ago, three years ago, four years ago now? Mm, three years ago, 20, yeah, 2013. which was one of, like, it was a crazy match and super, like, entertaining, you know, and then flash forward. I mean, I think that it, it probably says more about where David Ferrer is at in his career than where Juan Martin Del Potro is. But if you want, Juan Martin Del Potro was the heart and soul of the Rio Olympics in terms of, of how he played and his whole story that I would love to see some of that here at the Open. And I feel like he can win the tournament. I don't think there's... I think I said this pre-tournament before. Fair enough. His, I mean, draw, his, fine, draw, but... his draw was perfect. He got to work his way into the draw. Started with... Who did he get for Schwartzman? And then got Johnson, who was never probably going to beat him. Ferrer, who's been playing badly. He gets team next, who's been flagging. Then he gets Vavrinka, who he'd beat at Wimbledon. Uh, and then Murray, Murray, and obviously gonna be tough, but he, he, it's there for him if he. There's no one he can't beat. Well, that's okay. true. And so that's something that not I don't say about many people in the draw. Other other guys, let me just scroll through this draw, see if anybody's interesting or worth mentioning. I, Ryan Harrison's had a good summer. It's good to see him back, relevantish. He's a he's an engaging personality and polarizing and all those things we want in our tennis players. So that's good. Yes. Um. Like all of 2012 on this show was devoted to Ryan Harrison, so he used to be a thing. Yeah, I will say this about Jack Sock. I will add one one little thought of mine from Jack Sock. Okay, I thought it was really interesting. He was, he gave his post match press conference after beating Chilich. Mary Carilla was in there, who we adore, and she asked him about his decision to kind of stop playing doubles and and to at least at the majors and to really focus on his singles. And I thought that his answer was really really interesting and and actually somewhat self-aware that like yeah i'm focusing on singles now that's where i want to put my energy then in a lot of ways it's almost kind of like a graduation moment of like tennis is not just fun in games like it's not just for you to go play and have fun with your friends like if you want to be a thing like if he looks over at his buddy nick kyrgios who gets the cover of the new york times magazine having never made on his home soil at his slam yeah that nick gets it i mean that's you know, does that should motivate you, right? Or like, you know, you see Dominic Team do what Dominic Team is doing, or you know, yeah, in, no, uh, I mean, that, that's more that, that example I like more. I mean, just like you see guys making moves, you yeah. see Zverev, it's our possibly time. getting ready to. Can fly we talk past about Zverev? That was I was shocked that he yeah. went down so easily to Evans. To Evans, yeah. I mean, granted, Dan Evans has played a great tournament. He's played very, very good tennis, but. Sasha Zverev was so petulant on court and just, I don't know, it was kind like, of one of those moments where I was watching him and I was like, uh, I'm dialing down the stock on you a little bit. Zverev's petulance has been underreported. I believe, I yes. I think it's fair to say. It gets cashed in like temper sometimes. Well, you had a great a point we were talking about it the other day that kind of Curios gives him Kyrgios cover. flies cover for a lot of the other guys. I mean... In terms of, in, you in, can put a little sock Zvera. in there as yeah. well. Yeah, sock. Of just in terms of players who don't get criticized sock for their on-court could, behavior. Could, right. The sock, way could, that sock could be Nick much does. more of a lightning rod if he was alone in this. I mean, again, again with Sock, the again the first round match against Taylor Fritz, like in Australia, was messy and full so of weird. bizarre momentum swings, and just seemed like seemed like Sock was intentionally 
um, ma- manipulating the momentum of the match in such a way that would make the match disruptive to an unexperienced kid. And it happened again. And so, yeah, so Kyrgios gets all the, all the stuff, but there's still some definite uh, creases to be smoothed out in the youngins elsewhere. Zverev, first and foremost, probably should be mentioned there. Ladies. Hey, ladies. What's your take, WTA Insider Woman? Yeah, no, I mean, if, if people have been listening to the, the daily dispatches that um, I've been filing on the podcast along with um, David Kane who's been amazing having him on site. It's been, oh, it's so much easier to cover a slam with two people on site than one. But um, but you'll know that kind of the theme and the thing that we've been most surprised with is just how it's rolled along yeah. kind of with expectation. There's been no and, surprises. And let's be frank, that is not always the case at on the women's side of the tournament. And we've said this multiple times on this podcast that typically at majors, the women own the first week because that's where all the upsets are happening. So there's crazy stuff going on and, you know, great stories of underdogs beating the, the, the top names and you get to know new people and, and draws like that. And draws get holes in them. Yeah, exactly. And whereas the men own the second week because they, you know, draws hold up. The draws hold up, and the first week is pretty quiet. It's been pretty quiet, I think, on both sides of the aisle. And for the women, that is a surprise, especially when you consider that there are so many extra variables going into the U.S. Open with the Olympics being a big one. Is Serena shoulder okay? Is Angie exhausted? Is Aga playing with one shoulder? You know, um, you know what the heck is going on between the ears for Simona Halep? All of these different questions. Is Madison Keys like going to step up on home soil or is she going to freak out? Is Roberta Vinci going to lose in the first round or the second round? I mean, right. these, are, these are kind of the questions that were going into the tournament. All of these top players, the players who have been the stories in particular of 2016, have pretty much held to form other than Garbina Mugrutha. Mugrutha has been so up and down this year. And that's so and therefore we, and it's and not we surprising, And we were saying this right? after her press, like, I just have a hard time reading her. I yes. just don't know what's and she's and she's very deliberate in press and not always very revealing, uh, very maybe deliberately not unrevealing is maybe the way to put it and just sort of she doesn't let you she's in. She's very charming in press. She is, but she but you but yeah I mean after this press conference which was perfectly fine and she answered the questions and she was very good in it, but I remember like I think three of us sat down on a press row or our row anyway. And I think we all kind of looked at each other, like, with a little bit of a, a head scratch. It, it was hard to tell, like, what the takeaway it, really was it, from her. Is like, she, is she, is are she, you devastated? Are you not? Do you take this in stride? Is that good? Is that bad? Is, is, are there bigger warning signs here? I mean, she yeah. has, she won the French Open and then lost second round at Wimbledon, second round at U.S. Open. That was, obviously, WTA players struggling after winning a slam has become a bit of a cliche. And ATP lately. players. And Stan Wawrinka. He slumped after winning the Australian Open. He was terrible. That's true. I'm just saying. He I won. Mean, Mon- he won. Yeah, he won Monte Carlo. But that's he true. won Monte Carlo, but like she, you know, she makes semis of Cincinnati. I mean, like she, she's been like up and down. Here, her results have never been good in New York, but her no, results were very never... good in, in obviously Wimbledon, where she made the final, crashed out early there. Here, hasn't played well, but you do not expect she, she, for her to lose to Anastasia Savastova. Who played that well. Is, she played well, but Garby gave her the first set, yeah. and then Garby freaked out and lost the second set fairly easily. But, yeah, I I wish, I was pretty disappointed by how she, she played that match, and it's just hard to really know why. It's fine if the result is what the result is, so long as like I can trace a reason no. why that result was what it was. 
And I think with her, it's very, very difficult week in, week out to really understand why her results are what they are, other than the fact that she's just an erratic player, which I just don't think she is. That doesn't ring true to me, but obviously that's... Like, she doesn't... Stats bear that out. You know what I mean? Like, I... Like, a Petra, or even a Madison, or a Simona. I can look at them, and I can understand why they're erratic. But but Muguruza's game should be built on being more solid. Yeah, it should it, be, like, a Sharapova style down. of... Yeah, it of shouldn't just, break down like that. Aggressive, but not... With margin. But with margin. Yeah, it should be that. It so, should be. It's when um, I get it. The other one that sort of stands out to me as being... Um, I don't get this in the second week is Wozniacki. Yeah. Uh, Wozniacki's in the second week of the slam. I don't think anybody picked that. And we're, again, recording hours before she plays Madison Keys. She might lose. She might win. We don't know. But uh, Wozniacki getting Success here Success to get into the second week. And she came back from 0-4 down against Kuznetsova in, the, in that match. She won in straights. Yeah. It was uh, impressive. And I, and I will say this about Caroline is that I kind of thought that once she beat Kuznetsova, she would kind of have this air about her that was very much chip on the shoulder. You guys weren't talking about me. Everybody was ignoring me. I'll show you. Uh, I'm going to, you know, uh, prove you all wrong sort of situation. And that really hasn't actually been the air around her, which I was quite surprised with when, uh, you know, her press conference after her third round was more about building you know I, I i threw out a bunch of questions to kind of see if you know it was about you know kind of proving people wrong and you know getting that ranking up and proving she's a top 10 player and she never really bit on any of those what she really kind of focused on was like i'm building like yeah the ranking doesn't really matter so long as like you're not like seated in the top if you're seated or unseated is what matters so 74 which is where she's ranked now to 33 okay that doesn't matter. 74 to 32 matters because then my life is a lot easier. Majors. Well, I mean, 74 to 32, you're getting into a lot more main draws and stuff. Right. Like, directly. For so sure. So many wild cards yeah. and stuff. Um, exactly right. Yeah, she didn't play the, the, the tournament in Cincinnati because she couldn't get a wild card in there. So, you know, I mean, I think that based on what Caroline's saying, she is, yeah, building. She She's already looking at Australian Open. Like, I'm going to try and get my ranking up here in the fall, get match play. And it has been really, I mean, a snake-bitten year for her. I mean, this isn't all about not playing good tennis and not delivering on the court. It's been a mix. But how can you really, I mean, judge fully the bad performances when it's been marred by such injury? I mean, that affects your training. That affects everything. That affects your confidence and your belief in your body, which is something that she absolutely needs. So... Yeah, it's an interesting one. I want to get out of this episode decently soon, but shout out to Carolina Pliskova for finally reaching the second week of the Grand Slam. Glad, glad to get that monkey off her back. And she next plays Venus, which should be good. Venus has been very convincing in her last two wins against Germans, uh, Gerges and Sigmund, and great nickname, The Siege from Hurley. Hurley Tennis. Uh, the, the Siege. siege. For Sigmund. So good. So, good. Um, so that is should be a good match. Yeah, uh, I think Plis- I think Plisko to win pre-tournament. I think she still will win that match. Uh, but Venus has played well after a very long match against Kozlova, first round. Unnecessarily long. Unnecessarily long. Serena hasn't quite been tested, but it's been okay. Uh, no real hiccups so far. I mean, just like the match against Vanya, King in the second round, I just felt like she was... It's kind of dumb. She was losing a lot of points and a lot of games <laughs> in that match. I just felt like it was loose. It wasn't like... she was. Which sort she admitted. Of, yeah, it was just sort of match... It was, um, I'm trying to think of who plays this way. Almost like Ronichian or like Sampras-like, where they just like 
turn it on and off and just like just sort of manage the match and don't go full pedal to metal. Um, which is smart. Yeah, which is smart. And it worked. I mean, it was Vanya King. I don't think she was scared. And uh, she got through. And I think there's a reason to be encouraged for her with a shoulder. That was a big question mark pre-tournament that is at the moment no longer question mark. Could be later. Could, could be. change. But right now it's been encouraging. Very much so. And I think that, you know, having the roof on Ash is going to be potentially a big boon for Serena Williams because, you know, there is going to be possibly rain, inclement weather coming up. Hurricane. Possibly we might get uh, a bit of a brunt from Hurricane Hermione. Hermine. 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 I keep on on calling it Hermione. I keep calling it Hermione. I keep thinking people are misspelling Hermione. Yeah. But whatever it is. Um, But we are supposed to get a bit of a brush from said hurricane, uh, which is coming up from Florida. So I think that it will absolutely help Serena that there's a roof because I think this is something that really hurt her in Paris, which is that the stack of the matches, I think, really took a lot out of her having to play those back-to-back-to-backs. And I do think that, you know, I asked her this and she said, I don't know, but, you know, she had to play the Olympics and play back-to-back-to-back matches. Obviously, that didn't work well for her here. One day on, one day off, they're not playing doubles. So the recovery process is a lot more regimented and reliable. So she's not going to get stacked up. So, you know, I think that she's playing great. And and before the tournament, I would have said, oh, I, I would give Simona Halep a pretty good chance, should they meet in the quarterfinals, to win that match. Right now, I think that, that the, if that match happens, that Serena is the heavy favorite. But I think Simona's been playing really, really well. Um, but that's how good I think Serena has been so far. Last thing you mentioned, the roof. Thoughts on the roof? I mean, it's been, uh, we were in there, we, you were in there, I know, for Key's Risk, which went late. I've been in there a couple other times. I'll let you, I'm going to play you some audio from what it sounds like under the roof. I'm sitting in about the eighth row. This was in Nadal Seppi. The roof was closed, but honestly, the sound with open closed, not very different. As you can hear in there, like it's kind of hard to hear the ball, and it doesn't really get quiet, and that's not ideal. And I think I've heard—I I wasn't out there today, but I've heard that fans might be might actually be like a little bit like keeping it down a little bit more after having probably read all these twelve billion articles written about it. it's so loud in here. It, it's it's a different experience, and it was not. And it just felt like at times in that match and in the Muguruza Sevastopol match, which preceded it, that. Uh, fans weren't paying attention that's the that's what it sounds like it sounds like the crowd is not engaged in the match and doesn't go up and down based on the tension in the match so that, that's a little frustrating it's definitely frustrating but i will say this in defense of the uh the noise issues this is new york, new york. i mean it, every slam ha- yeah. takes on the character of its home city i think that the fact that it's noisy that the fact that people kind of don't always care about what's going on on court that they're they're doing their own thing they're chattering they're moving about when they shouldn't be moving around yeah but like you know that's no different than midtown nobody gives a crap about you no one's
sounds better than you're not better than me. You think you're better than me, Savastava? You ain't better than me. <laughs> you ain't better than me, Savastava. My shot. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like once you, when you deserve my attention, Madison Keys and Naomi Osaka, that crowd was very quiet and then they got into it in the third set. That's one of the other things, typical Ash, but it was the noise, I think, accentuated this. Ash is not known for having competitive matches first week. Right. And it didn't again this time, with the exception, we, let's get to Keys Osaka. We'll awesome. finish with that. That was so great. Uh, Naomi Osaka had a great tournament, uh, cementing herself as a sort of. Next big thing. Know her name. Know her name. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and she got a 5-1 lead on Madison Keys in the third. Looked very ready to close that out. And Keys turned it up. Keys started playing better. Matt, uh, and I only got just that little bit tight. It did one very tight volley. Although she's not known for her volleys. So maybe her volleys are oh always boy. crap. That was terrible. That was a, bad, that was a rough volley. But, but As Naomi I, Osaka said, yikes. <laughs> but, I think, but I think Osaka... Um, has sort of cemented her. Is, she's is, she's one to watch. Mainstream. She's going mainstream. She's you know she got main room twice. Naomi Osaka is going mainstream. She's legit. I'm sorry. I mean she just is. And I think that it's an. I had an interesting conversation with Mary Carillo after her, uh, after Naomi Osaka's loss about you know kind of this idea of like, you know she obviously grew up in the states. She plays for Japan. There's a lot of reasons why she plays for Japan. But I wonder sometimes whether or not she kind of looks around in a situation like this. She's playing Madison Keys, who is the, as of this point, the heir apparent to the American throne. And it's kind of like, and this crowd is thoroughly against Naomi Osaka. They are four Madi- four keys. Four keys, were, not against her, but they're four, no, no, no. But they were four keys. And you kind Get of out of here, Osaka. Yeah. <laughs> you went better than me. <laughs> Just kidding. You're better than me. That was a good, real good forehand. Oh, but that volley. Back to four. <laughs> but. You know, this too could be yours is, yeah. is kind of the argument that, that you know, Mary Carilla was making. And, and I, I, yeah, it's an interesting kind of situation but I for think her. That, I think that as the crowd gets to know her and her backstory, the New York crowd, as Steve Johnson will tell you, and John Isner yes. will tell you, they are much... It's not I'm, about I'm the I'm guessing Sock will tell you against Songa. I don't think that'll be a particularly partisan match. We'll see. Um, it's not about the flag. And even someone like Tommy Haas, who people, I think knew people who cared knew that he was like very american had maybe they knew he has dual citizenship or just had been in the u.s for a long time and speaks great english and all those things that's a good point uh you can become an american caroline caroline sure caroline's a good, good example sharapova maybe a little bit although she's less people haven't warmed to her per right. se uh yeah i mean you can be american friendly yeah you're right maybe flag. maybe it's just an Federer. education issue of yeah i mean just a matter of like know you know your story know that you know She's not, yeah. That that uh, there's a they can relate. They know her, they know her personality. I think you're right. That maybe that would change things. Yeah, I buy that. That's okay. fair. And we'll buy the end of this episode, and we'll say bye bye. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow along when you're not listening, do that if you want. Uh, no challenges remaining. It's on Facebook at facebook.com/slash NCR Podcast. We're on Twitter. NCR underscore Tennis is our handle there. You can follow us individually. Courtney is at 40 Deuce Twits and at WTA underscore Insider. I'm at Ben Rothenberg. There is also email if you want to email us questions, concerns, whatever about the U.S. Open or beyond. No challenges remaining at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio or any other cool things, podcasting apps that you want. Or on there. Leave us reviews there. Those are cool. And, yeah, executive producers of No Challenges Remaining are Tantra Resendez of TennisBalls.com and Tal Woolley. 
Uh, we hope that it's loud in good ways next week under the roof. I think it will be. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> ben has this know. weird, crazy, whispery, but also crazy look in his eye. Look at me right now. I'm like, what? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking. I'm already game planning outros. Yeah, it'll be loud. Bye, guys. Let's get loud. <laughs> On the six, baby. <laughs> no, will not be bad. Let's get loud. Let's get loud. Oh fuck. <laughs>